So tomorrow, the first episode of Dog Aired with Lisa Davis, they write about books, I interview them, drops. So I wanted to do a special crossover episode. Now, my husband and daughter love to watch some of the CW shows like The Flash and Supergirl. And they sometimes have these crossover episodes where they appear in both. So I did an episode with the fantastic Dr. Judy Morgan. She is a holistic vet. And she's going to be coming on dog-eared in a few weeks. Well, we did a wonderful interview about integrative medicine. I talked about some of the health problems my wonderful Pity Blue has and my Lab Benji have. They're both both having some issues. So she was so incredibly helpful. So I just wanted to kick this off. This isn't a health power episode. This is not a dog-eared episode. It is a dog-eared with Lisa Davis health power crossover episode to get you ready for dog-eared. So sit back. Here we go. I don't know if this has happened to you, but with my dog, Blue, I give him his eardrops because he gets chronic ear infections. And then all of a sudden I'm back at the vet and he still has an ear infection or it goes away and then it comes back. It's very frustrating. Or maybe you put your dog on the expensive hypoallergenic food because they react to a lot of things and then they're still itchy and you're like, what the heck? Or you're using the steroids and they might be helping, but then you've got like, you know, not the best side effects, let's just say that. And you start to wonder, is there something more that can be done? Dr. Judy, welcome to this special crossover, Dog Ear with Lisa Davis meets Health Power. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I'm I'm very happy to share with your audience. When did your love of dogs begin? That's a really good question. Um when I was born, we had a dog. It was a Cocker Spaniel Irish Setter Cross. Oh, he didn't like anyone outside of the family, but he was really great with my sister and I. Um, and I think my mother grew up on a farm, and my mother has a huge love for all animals. So I would I would attribute this to my mother. Um, and I've kind of gone back and forth over the years. Sometimes I'm more into dogs. Sometimes I have more cats. Um, I've had horses since I was uh, preteen. So um, I love all of them. Let's start with what is integrative medicine? Integrative medicine is actually, I think, the best of all worlds because I use a lot of what I like to call complementary therapies in treating my patients. Um, and promoting that for my patients, but I don't throw away traditional medicine. So integrative medicine is integrating both complementary therapies, some people would call them alternative therapies, with traditional therapies to get the best outcome for our patients. Using an integrative approach gives us so many more tools in the toolbox. I think that traditional medicine, um, or what we call Western medicine, is really great in an acute situation. Your dog goes and plays in traffic, has you know not the beta- greatest uh, outcome from that, and you're at the emergency service. Let me tell you, you want treatment for shock. You want treatment for Uh, wounds that might have occurred. So you want that immediate acute treatment. But let's say after that event, a year later, because of injuries that happened, now your dog is walking all hunched up or your dog um, is developing arthritic changes. Things that would have occurred more chronically over time 
that's where I feel like the alternative therapies can be incredibly helpful because from a traditional medical standpoint, that's when we start throwing a lot of drugs and a lot of chemicals at the dogs versus trying to get the body to actually heal itself. So in the case of a traumatic injury, I wouldn't wait a year for things to go south. I would start the integrative therapies immediately along with the acute trauma care um, so that we can hopefully head off a lot of those things that we might see as a chronic um, result from something that happened. So from an alternative standpoint, we, um, we're we really trying to get the body to heal itself rather than putting literally medical band-aids on symptoms. Yeah, it's interesting you say that about the medical band-aids on symptoms. My dog, Blue, who is a pit bull and is an absolute love, has chronic ear infections. And right now, I'm just treating it allopathically. And he gets his injection, and he gets his eardrops, and then he had an ear hematoma, which was an absolute nightmare, which I will do a show on in the near future about hematomas, because they seem to be complicated. And inside, I have this nagging feeling like I got to get him to a holistic vet or I've got to get him to an integrative vet. And I'm going to because just the other day, I look in his ear and it's all full of this yucky brown stuff again. And I'm like, didn't we treat this? Now, I have to say this dog, I think, has had an ear infection for like four years. I mean, it'll go away for a short time and come back. And I understand that pities in general. Have you seen this have kind of skin and ear issues? And he has food issues as well. And those are all related. So you're seeing all of these problems because they all fit together. So this is where we need to look at your dog from a holistic standpoint, which means looking at the whole dog. The ear infection is not just occurring by itself. It's occurring as a reaction to other things that are going on in the body. Nine times out of 10, ear infect, chronic ear infections are food intolerances. That is an allergy related to the diet. So the fact that you say he also has food issues, of course he does. Um, He's got probably an imbalance, well, definitely an imbalance in his gut microbiome. So the bacteria that are living in his bowel are out of balance. Um, And the food that the dog is eating is not agreeing with him. And interestingly, I graduated from veterinary school in 1984 practiced in New Jersey. I did not go to the University of Pennsylvania, which is the closest school to New Jersey. I went to a school in the Midwest. So I started out very, very traditional for the first 10 years of practice. And then I started getting into alternative therapies and adding things to my toolbox. Um, But interestingly, I remember some of the dermatologists and internal medicine people at University of Pennsylvania saying very early on in my career that they saw a connection between diet and chronic ear infections. And I thought, oh my gosh, they were so far ahead of their time. Of course, they don't pay attention to that now. (laughs) I wish they would. Um, But, so the fact that your dog has chronic yeast ear infections, that's an allergy. There's something in the diet that does not agree with the dog. Now, from my standpoint, I see a lot of allergies in bully breeds in general. American bulldogs, English bulldogs, French bulldogs. They're pretty much a nightmare. Um, (laughs) One of the things, as far as allergies go and IBD, uh, GI issues, and part of the reason is because they... All dogs are not designed to eat a high-carbohydrate or highly-processed diet, but that particular group of dogs 
do horribly on high carbohydrate, high starch, highly processed diets. So from a traditional standpoint, they are going to throw things like cytopoint injections. Well, cytopoint injections for allergies are not curing anything. They are decreasing a symptom. They're putting a Band-Aid on a symptom. Your dog's not getting healed. They use things like Apoquel or steroids. Again, they are not doing anything to heal the dog. They are putting a Band-Aid on symptoms. And we need to get away from this Um, Let me throw a pill at it to make the symptoms go away. No, what we want to do is heal the gut. We want to get the ear infections to not occur. And every time we throw antibiotics and steroids in the ear canal, we are changing the microbiome or the natural population of bacteria that live in the ear canal. And so now we've got a messed up gut. We've got a messed up because the apoquel, the cytopoint, the steroids all destroy the microbiome in the gut. So now we've destroyed the microbiome in the gut and the microbiome in the ear. We all, we have microbiomes everywhere. So we've got a microbiome in our uh, respiratory tract, our urinary tract. Those are the good bacteria. And when we have good bacteria, they will overpower the bad ones and you won't have the, and, and they will affect the, so the microbiome is not just bacteria. It's also yeast and fungi and viral particles. So there's a lot of things that go into that and we want to make it as healthy as possible. So what I would say to someone with a pet like that is get off processed food, get starches out of the diet. Starches break down to sugars. Guess what that sugar feeds? Yeast. Why do you add sugar when you're making bread? You put your yeast and your warm water and sugar to get the yeast to flourish and make your bread rise. Well, we're making bread in your dog's ear, (laughs) basically. (laughs) And if there are any starches or carbs in the diet, it's going to keep making it worse. So my recommendation would be get the dog, get all starches out of the dog's diet. Get them off any processed food. You can either feed raw or gently cooked. I prefer raw, but gently cooked will work as well. Um, Needs to be a balanced diet or close to a balanced diet. Um, And we need to stop using steroids and things. So I would probably use enzyme solutions in the ear instead so we can change that pH and get back to the microbiome that we want. And I probably would do a fecal transplant, which is so easy to do now because you can do it just with oral capsules. There's a company called Animal Biome that makes oral fecal transplant capsules. And so we heal the gut by putting the good guys back in there and getting the bad stuff out. Um, There's also a, a, um, a yeast organism uh, called Saccharomyces boulardii, which is also really good um, for healing the bowel. So that's how I would approach your dog. I would stop giving drugs. I would stop using all these things that are literally just putting you on that roller coaster. It comes, it goes, it comes, it goes, it comes, it goes, because we haven't healed anything. All we've done is treat symptoms. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Also, I mentioned in that example from the beginning, the hypoallergenic food is they put them on this ZD something. I don't remember the brand. So there's three different ones. Uh, Royal Canaan is the hydrolyzed uh, chicken feathers. No, that one's either hydrolyzed soy or hydrolyzed chicken. Okay. All right. Yeah. I def. Okay. So do you make house calls? (laughs) (laughs) I have this nagging feeling like for myself, I do integrative. And so why aren't I doing it for my dog? Now, of course, there is a cost, of course, right? I mean, I think that's part of it. Although when I go to my mainstream vet, it's super expensive. It's like 250 bucks every four weeks for that Cytopoint shot. 
And I feel like, you know, if I really looked at it and broke it down, it would be cheaper in the long run to go see a holistic vet. Well, put the money aside, your dog will feel so much better. Ear infections are really painful, itchy, red, inflamed, hematomas that require surgery. Horrible. What you're spending on all of that is, and you're, because you're not healing anything, you've got that expense for life. True. Because you're not healing anything. So um, whatever it costs to go see a holistic veterinarian, but then solve the problem, your dog feels better. You'll notice an increase in activity level. You'll notice, you know, less skin issues, less bowel issues. Everything changes. And so that's the goal to heal the animal so that you don't have that roller coaster. And it's so painful for them. And, you know, getting his ear hematoma repaired, we've got anesthesia to add on to that. You know, that's every time he goes through an anesthetic procedure, that's wrecking his microbiome as well. So there's just, there's so much um, that could be changed in order to. And the food that you're buying is not cheap. No. It's not healing anything either, but it's not cheap. Um, and so if you went to a prepared, um, let's just say you said, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to go to a raw diet. And you went to a prepared raw diet that all you have to do is warm it up and throw it in the bowl. It's not going to be cheap, but it's not cheap to feed what you're feeding. <laughs> and what you're feeding is really awful. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I brought up the money because I think people automatically automatically think, oh, holistic. Oh, my gosh, that's going to cost so much money. But you're right. In the long run, it doesn't. And then you're also doing more damage. So here's my question. And this isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get all this information just about my beloved Blue because I think this helps other people. So I'm on this mainstream path with Blue. I, I would assume there'd be some kind of overlap where I'll start the whole more holistic approach. Do I just stop him on everything cold turkey or can I give him a probiotic to help his gut until we get to where we need to be holistically? Because it kind of makes me nervous to just be like, nope, no more eardrops. It's going to take time, isn't it, for the natural medicine to kick in? Yes, yes. So when you give a pill or a shot or an antibiotic drop, um, that's the acute medicine. That's, I got, I, you know, I got to make this dog more comfortable for right now. I don't want another ear hematoma. Um but then we have to look at how are we repairing this. And so when we use, for instance, I, I'm a huge fan of using food to treat everything, uh, food and herbs, because that's that's nutrition. That's nutritional products that we're putting into the body to give the body the building blocks that it needs. So could you start this dog on a good probiotic as step one? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would recommend a soil-based probiotic. Um, my favorite ones... Am I allowed to mention brand names? Yes, please do. I find that so helpful for listeners okay. and myself. And we, if, um, for people that are listening, my website's drjudymorgan.com and any products that I uh, talk about a lot or recommend, you'll find them on my website. I'm not saying you have to buy them there. I don't care where you get them. Um, but things that are on our website are products that we have personally vetted that I would use for my own dogs. Most of them I have used on my own dogs or cats. Um <laughs> So two soil-based probiotics that I absolutely adore. Um, Adored Beast uh, makes a lot of different probiotic products and a lot of um, homeopathic treatments as well. Their products are, their whole product line is just amazing. Um, and then the other one that we use is um, Symbiota. 
canine. And so I like those because they're soil-based probiotics. So if you ever watch your dogs, you know, when they go outside, a lot of times they're snuffling around in the dirt, they're licking the dirt off their paws. They're, they're basically, and for poop-eating dogs, they're, they're injecting themselves with, with a microbiome. They are trying to heal things. Oh my gosh, Blue eats Benji's poop, my lab's poop. I had, and I I ask vets, they're always like, oh, that's fine, but they've never given me an explanation. Yeah, he's healing, he's trying to heal his gut. He's like, hey, maybe he's got better microbiome than I do. I'm going to do a fecal transplant right here. So, yay. (laughs) Good boy, Blue. Um, (laughs) So, um, so I would definitely start on a probiotic. Is the dog on Apoquel or just Cytopoint? They just switched him to Cytopoint from Apoquel. <laughs> okay. So part of the problem for a dog who's been on Apoquel, when you stop, they have rebound itching and they get even worse. So it's really, so I usually have people wean off of that. Um, but that's fine. If he's not on it, we don't want him on it because Apoquel has been definitely linked to cancer. Oh God! We know that we get more cancer in dogs because it suppresses their immune system. Your immune system is working really hard to kill off cancer cells because we're all making them every day of our life. And our immune system goes, whoop, don't want that guy. Let me kill him off. Um, so the other thing that can be very helpful is to fast your dog one day a week. Now, I thought for sure that my dogs would never go for this because they've been fed twice a day their entire lives. We have started fasting our dogs. And so we just skip breakfast. One or two days a week, we skip breakfast. So they go 24 hours. I might give them like a a, a raw chicken heart or a, a mushroom supplement treat, some, something like that, or a, a green lip muscle freeze-dried. I'll give them a little bit of just a snack so they don't think that I've totally forgotten about them. And then they get their dinner. Um, it works really well. And the, one of the things that it does is when your body is in a fasting state, it scavenge, it scavenges to kill cancer cells. So interestingly, today is my fasting day. And oh. so for 24 hours, I'm just drinking clear liquids. So, you know, it could be chicken broth or whatever, but I'm just clear liquids because this is something that's really healthy for our bodies as well as their bodies. Do you do that once a um, week? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but it's really good for your pets as well. And then, uh, so get them on a probiotic because that's going to help you with the transition of getting him over to a new food that we want to try. Um, was your dog dry kibble fed prior to this prescription diet? Yeah. Thought I was doing well. I get the ones that were like more paleo and yam and bison and no, like, and, you know, maybe vitamin E or something. Like they were pretty simple, but you're saying any kibble. Yeah. Any kibble. Uh, Part of the reason, one of the things that you, when you have these highly allergic dogs is we don't want anything synthetic in the diet. So when you're reading a pet food label and, you know, oh, chicken, I know what that is. Sweet potato, I know what that is. And then there's this whole list of chemicals, and you go, I can't even pronounce half of those. Those are synthetic vitamins and minerals. Okay. So you want to look for foods that don't have any of that when you have a highly allergic dog, because a synthetic, something that is man-made, the body is going to look at that and go, whoa, foreign invader, I didn't make that. And so it kicks it out. And how does it kick it out? 
ear infections, uh, toe infections, skin infections, you know, all this stuff that, that happens to the body. So we want to find foods, and there are so many of them, um, that are human-grade, whole foods, without the starches. So no potatoes, no legumes, no grains. Um, so my dogs are raw fed and sometimes I grind my own, but for the most part, they are on commercially prepared balanced raw diets. I switch proteins for my dogs every meal. Um, I, they have their own freezer. Right now, I think I have food from four different companies because I recommend rotating companies. I recommend rotating proteins. Um, Partly because um, we want to make sure if there are any micronutrient deficiencies in a particular brand, um, a lot of times these uh, foods are made by using software, computer software, to balance the, the, the recipe. It's like, oh, good, it meets all, all the requirements. Um, but, you know, between storage, handling, you know, how long it's been since it was made, Perhaps things have degraded a little bit, so I rotate, um, and that helps make sure that I'm covering any micro deficiencies. Um, so one of the things that you can do to help you figure out what is your dog not tolerating, besides dry kibble to begin with, uh, but what is he not tolerating? There's a test called NutraScan. There's mm. a link to it, an affiliate link to it on my website on drjudymorgan.com. NutraScan, and it was developed by Dr. Gene Dodds, who's a holistic veterinarian in California. And it's a saliva test, so it's really easy to do. Your dog chews on this little ropey thing, and you squeeze the saliva out of it into a test tube, send it out to them to test. And it tests for like 40 different foods to tell you what your dog tolerates and doesn't tolerate. Now, use it as a guideline. Okay. So, for instance, one of my dogs, my puppy, who's 15 months old, um, about every 10 days, bloody vomiting and diarrhea. Oh. What is that about? Um, And so, I was having a hard time because I switched my protein so much, I was having a really hard time figuring out what's at the bottom of this. Um, So, I finally sent off a NutriScan test. We came back, he's not allergic to anything. He is fine with all foods, which he should be, uh, because he's a puppy and he's been on a lot of different things his entire life. So, and he was he was weaned onto raw food from mom, so you know, very holistic puppy. Um, hasn't had drugs, chemicals, anything like that. So it wasn't making sense. Well, what I finally figured out it is he has stress colitis because he has separation anxiety. So if I leave him alone for too long, like if I go to the office for a few hours, or you know, we go out all day. He literally runs circles in the house, barking and going nuts. <laughs> and the next day, we have bloody diarrhea. He has stress colitis. So, okay, fine. So, a little CBD will calm him down. It's all good. Um, so, but the NutriScan test was really helpful because I got that back and it said, no, he's fine. He can eat whatever you want. I'm like, great. Oh, that's incredible. So, we use it as a tool. Um, and then there's another one called um, Animal Biome test and that is a poop sample to check what your dog's microbiome looks like so again you send in this stool sample to them and they analyze it and they go well your dog has a mild moderate or severe what we call dysbiosis which is out of whack microbiome you know we've got too many of these bacteria not enough of these bacteria we've got too many of this yeast not enough of this yeast and then it tells you how you can fix the diet Nine times out of ten, it comes back with we need a good fiber source, non-starchy fiber source. So think string beans. Um, we need less starchy carbs. We need a higher meat diet. 
and we need a, a fecal transplant or probiotics and um, a lot of times the Saccharomyces boulardii. So, uh, you know, these are tools, these tests are tools to help navigate where you need to go moving forward. Um, you can also just do elimination diets with your dog. So besides um, anything synthetic, anything starchy, all that, it's going to leave the diet straight off. Um, from protein standpoint, the most common allergens are chicken and beef. So we look at the dog and say, well, what haven't I given you a lot of? Well, pork a lot of times is something that, that you don't see all that much in pet food. So sometimes pork can be a good way to go. Sometimes whitefish can be a good way to go. Rabbit tends to be a good way to go. Um, it just depends on the dog. Um, so you can, you can do it one protein at a time. It just takes forever. Whereas Nutrient test is like, okay, I'm taking the shortcut. Oh, <laughs> I like, like the shortcut. On this highway. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do. So I like that idea of having the probiotic while you're working with the new holistic or integrative practitioner, and then eventually you can get them off all the medication. Exactly. The goal was to get, because everything that you're using is a Band-Aid. It's not healing anything. Yeah, exactly. And I've liked that we've uh, spoken so much uh, about the nutrition. You know, there's other modalities that are used. There's acupuncture, there's chiropractic. I love my chiropractor. He's amazing. My other dog, let me just tell you this real quick. Benji is so stiff right now. And I have him on CBD and some con- some kind of conjoint and chew. And it just, he's still, he just walks with his poor legs straight out. And it's just, we've been doing it for months. I don't see any change. I don't, I'm thinking about water therapy for him. I would definitely consider acupuncture, chiropractic, cold laser therapy is amazing. Um, so if you found a, a, um, a PT practice that has the underwater treadmill, a lot of times they do all those other modalities as well. Um, so that can be really helpful, but the, the spine, the, you know, the brain and the spinal cord, that's literally the highway of electrical impulses to everything. I love my chiropractor too. Um, so if we have a blockage somewhere in that, that artery of highways going to all the different organs, then we we end up with all kinds of issues. So you're talking about your dog walking stiffly. When I, I used to love doing chiropractic on horses because horses are amazing and we showed horses. So, you know, I got to sit there for many hours watching horses go around in circles in rings. And when you watch, um, and the same thing goes with dogs, although dogs aren't quite as swishy with their tails, but <laughs> watch your dog moving from behind. Their spine should be a slinky. It should have motion this way, motion like, and when we have that fluid motion in the spine, then the legs are going to do this just beautiful floating motion. When we have an impasse somewhere in that electrical conduction system, the muscles will become very rigid. And when you watch the dog or the horse moving from behind, you have the spine traveling in just a straight, um, very rigid, and then the legs, instead of having a fluid motion, are going to fire like pistons. Yes. And so we see them, you know, with this really jolting gait, which is really hard on the joints, and so we end up with arthritis because we've got pounding instead of floating. Um, I have a 14-year-old dog that 
makes me laugh at least twice every single day because after they eat and they go outside, he runs in the back door at the other end of the house and races for the area where they eat because he likes to lick up any anything that somebody might have dropped. Like he'll lick the floor for an hour because he's our cleanup crew. But watching this 14-year-old dog literally float and gallop across the room does my heart so much good because that's a dog who doesn't have arthritis. He He's so active and so entered and he's 14. So that's what we're looking for. And chiropractic is amazing when the... For, for anybody who's ever had a sore muscle, a stiff joint, the I'm getting older, so that creaky getting out of bed, yeah, go to the chiropractor. And so I had, I don't even know how I did it. Well, a couple things. I, I've had a couple really bad falls, um, stupid falls where I really wrenched my back. Um, and we, we have a farm, unloaded a couple hundred bales of hay, did not do it the right way. And so I was twisting, getting bales from the wagon, throwing them over oh, to the other side. Yeah. Literally could not walk. Took about a week for me to not be able to walk. Couldn't move. My sciatic pain down my leg was, I couldn't twist my body. It was horrible. And I was like, what the heck? So that was what made me go find, we moved not too long ago. So I didn't have a local chiropractor. I went and found one really fast. And literally one treatment, I was amazing. It took quite a few treatments to get it to hold and go back to where I needed to be because I had done so much damage by not protecting my body with my movements. Um, Something else, a practitioner that's harder to find is craniosacral. My sister is a craniosacral therapist for people and animals. And so doing chiropractic on horses, when I first started doing it, I got literally tennis elbow, chiropractor's elbow from not protecting my body and using the my arms correctly. I learned very quickly. Not a good thing. <laughs> uh, so my sister was home for Christmas, and I was complaining about my elbow, and she said, oh, I can fix that. <laughs> she sat there for half an hour just chit-chatting with me with her hands on my elbow and, you know, doing stuff. And literally, I, I was like, well, this is the biggest crock. I don't feel anything. Like, she's just sitting here. She's really not doing anything. She cured my elbow. This has been, like, 20 years. I've never had a problem with it since. That's incredible. One treatment. So there are so many modalities out there. And, and I will tell you, you can't, you can't fake this stuff. Like I thought she wasn't doing anything. And I thought this is the biggest bunch of hooey. And yet my elbow has not hurt me ever since that day. And that was through cranial sacral? Craniosacral. Okay. Yeah, I had that. My daughter had that when she was little and uh, for some some issues. There's so many things. There's Reiki. I mean, you know, people do raindrop therapy, um, color therapy, light therapy, essential oil therapy. There are, it's, it's boundless. Homeopathy, it literally is boundless. There are so many modalities out there. And most holistic practitioners, whether they're human or veterinary, uh, will have one thing that really speaks to them. So for me, it's food therapy. That's why I write cookbooks for dogs. Uh, Because I like to use food therapy because food's a foundation of life. If we don't have the right nutrients going into the body, I don't, it's like your dog. I don't care how many shots you give them. I don't care how many pills you give them. I don't care how many things you put in that ear. If we don't have the nutrition and the gut health where it needs to be, it's a merry-go-round. 
Yeah, well, I'm telling you, right after this uh, interview, I'm calling around. I, I, I have this horrible guilt because I love Blue so much, and I feel like I've just been such an ass, you know, like I've just <laughs> done it. I've been like, and I know better. I've been in the health field for over 22 years. I have a master's in public health. I've done multiple shows on healthy living. I still do a popular one called Health Power, and it tends to go towards the more natural side of things. And there's, I don't know, it's like this disconnect somehow, and I think a lot of people have it. So that's that's why this is so incredibly important. It is amazing how many people like you that I have talked to who are, you know, my kids only eat organic. My kids don't get sugar. We don't know. No processed food. And then you go to the grocery store and you look at the shelf of pet food and go, well, that one. Yeah, that says all the right things. It on the, says you know, natural. All the right words, natural, holistic, <laughs> healthy. And so you buy it without ever thinking. I, I find it to be amusing, but I think that if people could really get on board with, hey, you know, my pets need to eat this way. Like, I've never, I have not been a person who fasts. I started doing it with my dogs. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, it makes so much sense. I, oh, I, I think part of it for me and maybe for some other people who've been hesitant to go the integrative route is part of you feels like, well, once they get that injection, oh, but then they feel so much better. Whereas how long is it going to take? I mean, is it months and months and months? Even though you know deep down it's the right thing. You know that you're on this horrible cycle that you mentioned. But there's this thing of like that instant relief, that gratification, right? That unfortunately in our society of like, well, if I do this for Blue, then he'll just feel better versus, well, how long is it going to take to figure out his diet? Or how, but you just said there's this thing you can send in the saliva. There we go, right? So do you ever hear that? Like it just might take too long? Yes. And the, the length of time that it takes can be extremely variable. So I had one dog who came to me. should have been an 80-pound dog. He was a 40-pound dog. Oh, wow. Because he was spewing out of both ends of his body everything that he ate. Oh, he had been to the university. They spent all the money doing biopsies and endoscopies and colonoscopies and all these things and a boatload of drugs and a hydrolyzed protein diet. And the dog, literally, she brought him in my office and he was spewing out both ends. And she said, we have just spent three months getting all these diagnoses. We've spent $15,000. And the university said to her, "Your this is like a two-year-old dog, your dog on his biopsy, has the worst scarring of the bowel that we have ever seen. This dog will never be healed. This dog will never be able to digest his food. You should put him down. And the owner was a nurse. And so she came to me and she said, is there anything at all we can do for this dog? I said, yeah, we're changing his diet right now and we're getting off all these drugs. So some of the drugs I was able to just cold turkey, done. Other drugs, we had to do a weaning process because that's how the drugs work. We would be in deep doo-doo if we didn't. So I said, well, you know, she said, well, if we do a diet change, does it have to be a slow diet change? I said, well, what you're feeding right now is coming out both ends. It's not working. Why would you feed one more meal of that? She said, good point. So I said, you know what? I don't know what's going to work best for your dog, but here, I've got a raw beef diet in the freezer. Take this home, feed him this food, see what happens. 24 hours later, that dog was cured. 24 hours. That's all it took. That dog never had vomiting and diarrhea again. We put him on some vitamin supplementation. He had to eat, this 40-pound dog had to eat four pounds of food a day. It was very expensive. But that's how much it took because he wasn't absorbing very much of it. 
And so within six months, he was an 80-pound dog, right where he needed to be. He was down to a pound and a half of food a day, which was right where he needed to be. And the owner was pretty funny. She said, um, I'd really like to take him back to the university and have biopsies done again so I could prove to them that, yes, he could heal and, yes, we could reverse this. She said, I just don't want to put him through it. <laughs> <laughs> so incredible. some of them, you know, it's that fast. Um, for others, I have another little patient, a little um, – just like a poodle cross, um, who has had allergies. So she had been on the Cytopoint, Apoquil, steroid, Marigrown for years. And when she came to me, she was dressed in a bodysuit and socks because if she wasn't, she would dig herself raw. And um, clearly the drugs weren't working because she was just as miserable. She'd been allergy tested. She was on allergy injections, the whole nine yards. This had been going on for years, years. And the owner was so frustrated. The owner drove three hours each way to get to me. And we started making differences in that dog very quickly, but it took five years to get her to the point where she has hair. She's not bright red and she doesn't have to wear a bodysuit. But it took that long because it was, her immune system was such a mess, such a mess, um, that it just took a long time to repair everything that had been going on with her. Um, the good news is, even after all those years of Apoquil, she has not developed cancer yet. I'm um, hoping she never does, and she's like 12 years old now, so I'm hoping that, you know, we still have a lot of time. Um, so some of them can be very frustrating, can be very slow. Others, like my IBD dog, will do an immediate turnaround. Uh, so it just depends. And now we have so many more tools than we had years ago with these dogs where I can do that NutriScan testing. I can do the animal biome testing. Those things, they're fairly new. Um, so now that we have more tools to be able to shortcut our path, a lot of times we can turn things around a little bit more quickly. But I can tell you that before I had all these tools, 90% of my patients once I got them off kibble and highly processed foods, literally one to two weeks, we are, it's, it's a new animal. That's amazing. God, that is so incredibly encouraging. Now I'm going to be, like I said, after this call, I'm going to be looking for someone. And let's, do you work with people remotely? <laughs> like, did I find I my, do. Um, wow. I do do remote consultations and um, I, obviously we have a, a large request for that. So we actually have a list of five or six other veterinarians that we have worked with closely oh, that, that we totally trust um, that also do remote consultations. So if I'm not, you know, if I have a huge backlog and somebody's like, well, I, you know, my dog's got cancer or my dog's got this or that. And it's, you know, really critical that we get them in quickly. We do have a, a an army, um, small army, but still we have an army. Uh, and then the other place for people to look is www.ahvma.org, American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association.org. The problem with that is that any veterinarian, can join the AHVMA and put themselves on that list. And unfortunately, sometimes you'll pick somebody off that list and then you walk in and you see prescription diets all over the place and then you walk in and they're trying to, you know, push vaccines, sell chemical flea and tick prevention, which we didn't even talk about that. That's another whole... Well, you got to come ballgame. back, yeah. Um, you know, so you've got to be... You've got to interview them, pick somebody off that list, 
and then make an appointment. You don't even have to take your dog or cat with you. Make an appointment, pay for the appointment, and then interview the person and say, okay, look, I here's the things my dog's been getting. I'm really not happy with this. I want to cure the problem. I don't want to keep putting a Band-Aid on it. Right. What do you recommend? And see, you know, if they're talking about the kinds of things that I've been talking about or if they're talking about giving more drugs and more prescription diets because you're not going to solve the problem. So I did have one person who um, she thought she found a holistic vet, so she drove the hour to have an interview with the vet and she walked in and she saw exactly that. She saw all the chemicals in the front case and she saw all the prescription diets on the wall and she went, Oh my gosh, I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) She got in the exam room and she said, uh, I'm looking for a holistic veterinarian, but what I'm looking at out front makes me a little nervous that I'm in the wrong place. And, um, the veterinarian said, Oh, well, it was a big practice. And she said, well, yeah, they sell all that. I don't. I practice holistic medicine. Oh, and so the owner, okay. oh, maybe I'm in the right place. So the owner pulls out, of, she brought a bag of stuff with her, pulls out of her bag my book from Needles to Natural. The veterinarian starts cracking up laughing, says, excuse me, leaves the room, comes back in the room with a copy of my book <laughs> with all the little dog ears and, you know, post-it sticking out of it. And then the owner just said, I'm in the right place. And so this was one holistic veterinarian in a larger practice, but they were allowing her to practice what she wanted to practice. So sometimes you can find that one person who's in a bigger practice, or if you don't have a holistic veterinarian near you and you decide you want to feed raw food, you're going to get pushback from the veterinarians. They're going to tell you how you're going to kill your whole family with bacteria. It's wrong. It's, it's never, it's never happened. Um, so, but it has happened with dry kibble, uh, salmonella from dry kibble has poisoned a lot of people. Um, yeah. So this is where, you know, you get, depending on who's speaking. Um, So for a lot of my clients that have a traditional veterinarian that they use, they basically say, look, here's my thinking. Like, I'm not going to vaccinate my dog every year. I want really minimal. I want to do blood titers. I I don't want to use these chemicals. I'm going to feed raw or homemade food. Can we agree to disagree? And let's solve the problem that we have in front of us. And so as long as you have a veterinarian who is at least open-minded enough and kind enough to not berate you and beat you over the head when you come in with a different idea, that's somebody you can work with. Right. Um, so that's that's my recommendation if you don't. And really interestingly, um, and one of the inter- veterinarians that I was interviewing on uh, the Nutrition Summit that we did recently They said, well, here's my recommendation. If you have a traditional veterinarian who is really against you moving over to a raw or a gently cooked food, um, make a deal with them and say, look, I'm going to try this for a month. I'm going to see what happens. And in 30 days, either my dog is going to be a lot better and you're going to have to eat crow or it's going to be a disaster, which it won't, or it's going to be a disaster and then you can say, I told you so. I loved it. I was like, that's a good deal. Like, you know, if you came back with your dog who's not as stiff, their weight has normalized if they were overweight, they don't have, you know, broken out skin and goo coming out of their ears. They're, you know, they're they're more energetic. How can you argue with that? And you could even say to your vet, hey, I'll bring him back in 30 days. You can draw blood and look at his blood work. Hey, look at that. 
normal. That's amazing. Dr. Judy, I just think you are incredible. I'm just so excited and I can't wait to talk to you again. In the meantime, is there anything you wanted to add today? In addition to all of your wonderful, like where we can find you and all that good stuff, but anything else today on what we've been talking about? So um, we have social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, um, and we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Um, we're a small family-owned company. My daughter is the COO. I'm the CEO. Um, and we have a lot of information out there, either in blogs on the website or in our social media posts. If you, So let's say your dog is dealing with chronic bouts of pancreatitis or the chronic ear infections or seizures, whatever. In your search engine, put Dr. Judy Morgan and whatever it is that you're looking to find information on, something will probably come up. <laughs> so you can go to our website and search, but a lot of our information has been through social media as well. Um, so when I get enough requests, like people asking enough questions, for instance, about collapsed trachea, then okay, we'll write a blog on that. But we have done, and I mean, we have done a ton of work. This will be another uh, podcast uh, on spay neuter. Oh, should yeah. you? Oh. When should you? Should you not? How should you? What are other options? Uh, we have a ton of information about that because that's been a really hot topic. A ton of information about vaccinations. Um, and then I do have um, multiple books that are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, our website. So if you're looking for information, we try to provide a lot of information. And if you're looking for natural health products, we have over 450 on our website. What's your handle on social media? Um. Dr. Judy Morgan on some, Judy Morgan DVM, um, and Facebook we just changed to Dr. Judy Morgan's Naturally Healthy Pets because that's our, that's our company. Um, it's just a long title. But if you go to the website, drjudymorgan.com, all the links are there. Well, this has been fantastic. I'm super excited. And if you want to learn more about me, you can follow me at Lisa Davis MPH. Get your dog to a holistic vet. I can't wait. Starting on January 11th, Health Power will be posting every Tuesday instead of every Tuesday and Thursday. On Thursdays, starting on the 12th, you're going to get Dog-Eared with Lisa Davis. Say right books about dogs. I interview them. So if you're a dog lover, I hope you will check it out. Tell your friends, tell your family. Also tell them about Health Power. So again, Health Power every Tuesday, Dog-Eared with Lisa Davis every Thursday. Hope you'll tune in.